Chapter Twenty Nine of the Wyvern Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Wyvern Mystery by Joseph Sheraton Lafano. Chapter Twenty Nine. Tom is ordered up. When she reached the foot of the stairs that leads to the gallery, on which the room occupied by Alice opens, instead of pursuing her way to the kitchen, she turned into a narrow and dark passage that is hemmed in on the side opposite to the wall by the ascending staircase. The shadows of the banisters on the panelled oak flew after one another in sudden chase as the old woman glided by, and looking up and back she stopped at the door of a small room constructed as we see in similar old houses under the stairs on the panel of this she struck a muffled summons with her fist and on the third or fourth the startled voice of tom demanded roughly from within what's that hish said the old woman through a bit of the open door tis mrs tarnley only me lark woman you did take a rise out of me i thought ye was i don't know what i was a dreamin i think never mind you must be awake for an hour or so said mrs tarnley entering the den without more ceremony tom didn't mind mrs tarnley nor mrs tarnley tom a rush she set the candle on the tiled floor tom was sitting in his shirt on the side of his settle bed with his hands on his knees ye must get on your things tom if it ever you stirred yourself be alive now the master's a-comin and may be here across cressley common in half an hour or might be in five minutes and ye must go out a bit and meet him and are ye awake starin go on you'll tell him just this the big woman as lives at hoxton hoxton well that master harry has all the trouble we has come here angry in search of master harry mind and is in the bedroom over the hall door will you mind all that now ay said tom and repeated it well he'll know better whether it's best for him to come on or turn back but if come on he will let him come in at the kitchen door mind and you go that way too and he'll find neither bolt nor bar but open doors and nothing but the latch between him and the kitchen and me sitting by the fire but don't you clap a door nor tread heavy but remember there's a sharp pair of ears that'd hear a cricket through the three walls of carwell grange she took up the candle and herself listened for a moment at the door and again turned her earnest and sinister face on tom and again i say tom if ever ye was quick be quick now as she clapped her lean hand down on his shoulder with a sort of fierce shake and if ever ye trod soft go softly now mind tom who was scratching his head and staring in her face nodded and mind you the kitchen way and afraid of slips say the message over again to me this he did glibly enough here light your candle from this and if ye fail your master now never call yourself man again having thus charged him she went softly from this nook with its slanting roof and 
thinking of the thankless world and all the trouble her old bones and brain were put to she lost her temper at the foot of the great staircase and was near turning back again to the kitchen or perhaps whisking out of the door herself and marching off to cressley common to meet her master and shock and scare him all she could and place her resignation as more distinguished functionaries sometimes do theirs in the hands of her employer to prove his helplessness and her own importance and so assert herself for time past and to come her interview with tom had not occupied much time she knocked at the vras door and entering found that person at the close of a greedy repast emotions of fear i suppose disturbed the appetite much more than others not caring one farthing about charles she did not grieve at his infidelity taking profligacy for granted as the rule of life it did not even shock her but she was stung with a furious pang of jealousy for that needs no love being in its essence the sense of property invaded supremacy insulted and self-despised in this sort of jealousy there is neither the sublimity of despair nor the pathos of sorrow but simply the malice fury and revenge of outraged egotism there she sat unconscious of the glimmer of the firelight feeding as a beast will bleeding after a blow beast she was with the bestial faculty of cherishing a long revenge with bestial treachery and seeming unconcern oh oh you've come back she cried with playful reproach cruel old girl you leave your poor vra alone alone among the ghosts now sit down are you sitting and tell me everything and all the news did you bring a little brandy or what her open hand was extended and gently moving over the tray at about the level of the top of a bottle no ma'am i haven't none in my charge but there's a smell of brandy about said mildred who liked saying a disagreeable thing so there ought said the gaunt woman placidly and lifted a big black bottle that lay in her lap like a baby folded in a gray shawl but i'll want this don't you see when i'm on my rambles again get a little there's a good girl or if you can't get that there's rum or gin there never was a country house without something in it you know very well where harry verveild is there will be liquor i know him well but he bain't here now as is well known to you ma'am said mildred dryly i'm not going to waste my drink while i think there's a drink in the house who has a right before me old girl said the stranger grimly tut ma'am tis childish talking so there's none in my charge never a drop master harry i dare say has summat under lock and key but not me and why should i tell you a lie about the like you never tell lies old mildred i forgot that but young as she is i lay my life the woman mrs harry verveild upstairs 
likes a nip now and then hey and she has a bottle i'll be bound in her wardrobe or if she's shy twixt her bed and her mattress old rogue you know very well i think does she and if she likes it she sleeps sound and go you and while she snores borrow you the bottle she's nothing of the sort she drinks nothing nowhere much less in her bedroom she's a perfect lady said mrs tarnley in no mood to flatter her companion oh ho that's so like old mildred tarnley dear old cat i'm so amused i could stroke her thin ribs and pet her for making me laugh so by her frisks and capers instead of throwing you by the neck out of the window for scratching and spitting i'm so good-natured do you tell lies mildred i had told a shameful lot in my day ma'am but not more mayhap than many a one that hasn't grace to say so you read your bible mildred said the lady who with a knife and fork was securing on her plate the morsels to which old mildred helped her ay ma'am a bit now and a bit again never too late to repent ma'am repentance and grace you'll do mrs tarnley it's a pleasure to hear you said the lady with her mouth rather full and you never see my husband now and again now and again once in a way he looks in never stays a week or a month at a time week or a month echoed mrs tarnley looking quickly in the serene face of the lady and then laughing off the suggestion scornfully you're thinking of old times ma'am thinking thinking i don't think i was thinking at all said the lady answering mildred's laugh with one more careless old times when he had a wife here eh old times how old are they eh that's eighteen years ago you hardly knew me when i called here there was a change surely i'd like to know who wouldn't in eighteen years there's a change in me since then i shouldn't wonder said the lady quietly did he ever tell you how we quarrelled not he answered mildred he's very close said the stranger a deal closer than mr harry acquiesced mildred not like you and me mrs tarnley they can't keep a secret never they tell truth and shame the devil i because i don't care a snap of my fingers for you or him or the archbishop of canterbury and you because you're all for grace and repentance how am i looking tonight tired tired to be sure you ought to be in your bed ma'am an hour ago you're as white as that plate ma'am white are they so they used to be long ago said the visitor the same set ma'am twas a long set in my mother's time though tis little better than a short set now but i don't think there's more than three plates and the cracked butter-boat that had a stitch in it you'll mind although ye may have forgot for i usen't to send it up to table only them three and the butter-boat broke sense 
and that butterboats wouldn't a brought three halfpence by auction and twas that little slut downstairs that doesn't never do nothing right that knocked it off the shelf with her smashing and i'm not looking well to-night said this pallid woman you'd be the better of a little blood to your cheeks you're as white as paper ma'am answered mildred i never have any colour now they tell me always pale 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 but it isn't muddy tain't what you call putty well no ah no i knew that no and i'd rather be a little pale i don't like your great coarse peony-faced women it's seven years in may last since i lost my sight some people are persecuted one curse after another rank injustice why should i lose my sight that never did anything to signify not half what others have who enjoy health wealth rank everything things are topsy-turvy a bit just now but we'll see them righted yet end of chapter twenty nine recording by john brandon